Hello, welcome to Cruising in the Light and Shadow. This is Inanna Moon. And welcome to my guest, Marissa Kennerson. Thank you. So happy to how be are, here. How are you? I'm great. Thank Good. you. Um, there will be a further introduction, but I wanted to start with a couple of quotes. Um, the first two are on writing. To me, the greatest pleasure of writing is not what it's about, but the inner music that words make. And that's from Truman Capote. And the second one is from Virginia Woolf. Every secret of a writer's soul, every experience of his life, every quality of his mind is written large in his works. Absolutely. We'll be looking at this, okay. <laughs> um, and then I did, I, I pulled just a little uh, quote on tarot because there you'll see why this is coming up but um for the tarot cards fear is dangerous not the tarot the tarot represents the spectrum of the human condition the good the evil the light and the dark do not fear the darker aspects of the human condition understand them the tarot is a storybook about life about the greatness of human accomplishment and also the ugliness we are each capable of. This is by Benabel Wen, who wrote the holistic tarot, an integrative approach to using tarot for personal growth. Um, and with that, I am proud to introduce, happy to introduce Marissa Kinnerson, um, who is an author, who is a published author, um, um, is it you're you're a writer by trade day and night this is what you do yeah um because if i'm not doing fiction i'm doing a little bit of copywriting and sort of corporate writing but all right and so let me read a little of her bio and then we'll we'll, we'll delve more deeply um she received her ba in english literature from the university of california berkeley uh, before earning her master's degree in psychology and art therapy, she worked for Wired and Glamour magazines. She's the author of the YA cult suspense novel, The Family, which she did not write from personal experience since the only cult she's ever been in is the cult of YouTube makeup tutorials. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she lives in California with her family. Tarot is... Uh, Marissa's fantasy debut with Razorbill and was published February 2019. I didn't realize it was just in this year. Yeah, so very this recent. is exciting. All right. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Um, what made you want to become a writer? I was thinking about this question. <laughs> I, I didn't, I was born a writer. I, I wasn't necessarily born a good writer, but I, mm. I was thinking that so many things in life take effort and right. Writing, I mean, it certainly takes effort mm -hmm. to meet deadlines and to get better and to accomplish things. But I, I just write. I cannot not write. I've been like that since a little girl. I was a little girl. What did you write as a little girl? Uh, I filled journals. Yes. Filled them. And then I would write um, very sort of cheesy, purpley <laughs> prose stories. And I had a, um, I'll date myself here. I had a, like a DOS computer kind of thing. And oh, one sure. of those printers that would be like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> And I would yes. let him do that. And I would rip them off and run upstairs to my parents. And so just and stories. I was, I was so much more prolific than I am now. <laughs> it was so much easier. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily anything anyone would want to read, but I wrote tons. I will confess I wrote a lot. I wrote fantasies and I wrote poetry. And poetry, lots yes, of poetry. Yes, journals. Um, if I'd hear an idea I liked... I would write from 
that or about nice. that. Yeah. Did you did you do that like through your summers and? Um, I'm trying to think. There's just uh, yeah. I mean, I was probably really influenced by movies and music, and and there was a lot of poetry. Oh yes. yes. Okay. Well, that's very hard to have that in common. Poetry. Yeah. Ah, and oh, then yeah. up through college. Oh, angst. Yes, angst. what they call angst. And like a lot of <laughs> metaphors. I remember I, I wrote a piece and read it at my mom's wedding, and it, I was like, "Love is a, a, a goddess," and I'm sure she had like a trailing coat, and it was in <laughs> jewels, and I don't know, just, something I would just cringe at now, but. I didn't even hear the term "purpley prose" until I was like a freshman in college. I've never heard that term. You haven't. What does it's it when, mean? like what I just described, when the, oh, the prose is just overdone and too over much. the top. And, yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, look, I just feel a little nauseated after I read it. So. Oh my gosh, but the opposite of Hemingway. So I think that's a great. Uh, way to yeah, right. Think of exactly. It. <laughs> oh yeah. A while later, in you know, like maybe high school, I loved Hemingway, but I didn't understand the. What do you mean, less adjectives? How right. Can you, I know exactly. How can you do that? <laughs> Adjectives that you're gonna love. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have my book of poems. Oh my gosh, never mind. Well, oh, I wish I had brought one and you had brought and one. Moving on. Oh no, Be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember a line like a shell I sit in all alone when I was 13 oh, years old. I so, still love that. So, <laughs> No wonder my mother was like, I'm worried about you <laughs> at that time. <laughs> but I got through it. It's okay. <laughs> yes, we're here. <laughs> um, so what? You there was something else you alluded to in your biography, which, um, which I liked. Um, you were, it says you were too serious a child. Was that what was said about you? Um, well, it was said by my older brothers. They were constantly like, oh, you're so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I mean, I noticed a difference. I mean, between... apart from writing, it sounds like you were. Yeah, but I was. I was this, um, sort of as I, I have two sides, and uh, I see it in my son actually, like a super hammy, silly side, and a oh. super serious side. And oh I had gosh. sort of, I think, I don't know if it was because my parents got divorced early or just who I am, mm -hmm. but I think I had a gravity as a child. Okay. Um, sometimes when other kids, because of that sensitivity, other kids mm -hmm. were playing and goofing off. I was actually there's a story were by John a... Barth. Yeah, go ahead. It's called Lost in the Funhouse, and my brother gave it to me when I was probably like in middle school. And it's, it's about a child who um, all his friends are going through a funhouse in Coney Island, mm -hmm. and they go through and they're having a blast. And Ambrose, this main character, cannot get through it. He's getting caught at every corner. He's analyzing too much, and it's the most terrifying. And I was like, ah, oh, that's how I felt. That's how it was for you. Oh, yeah, okay. and all life right. was kind of like that. So it wasn't horrible or anything. Mm -hmm. It was just that I noticed a seriousness. Right, exactly. And it books. sounds like you were a people watcher, I'm betting Total people as well. Watcher yeah, just observing a lot of things. Yeah. Which a writer would do. Yeah. <laughs> so. And analyzing everything and, and then just everything would just hit me harder. Whether I it was see. movies or poetry or I mean I watched Yeah, it would this, touch you very deeply. Yeah. To this day if I watch a, a scary movie with my husband, he's like, It's just or painful. There's something it's just a movie. <laughs> I have to remind myself, yes. these actors have met. This didn't mm -hmm. really happen. So. This didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have when I leave that. here, that story will be over. Yeah. Yes, I, I have to say to myself, the actor that. knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> when, did, when did writing take a turn for you from just always writing to now I'm going to make it a work or I would really like to see something published? What, what, I think that... that um, so I, was, I went into working in magazines and editorial right out of college. Mm -hmm. I worked at Wired, and then I worked at Glamour. And so I was writing sort of journalistic kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I think I had put the idea of writing fiction away. It just seemed too 
how could that really happen? How is that going to yeah. <laughs> go anywhere? Yeah. yeah. And then um, huh. I started doing a lot of artwork to just relax because yes. writing was almost becoming oppressive in my head. I felt like oh. I had so many ideas, but I didn't know how to execute at that time. So I started mm-hmm. just doing art as to okay. relax. And then that I got to that point with art. You do something enough where it was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> now I have to figure this out. It becomes a job. <laughs> yeah. Or you, yeah. you really need to hone your skill. It's not just play anymore. Uh, okay. Yeah. You reach a point where you my know, hobby you became. Yeah. yeah. So um, I went and got my master's in uh, art therapy and psychology. And I was practicing a little bit, working towards my license. I was practicing, I shouldn't say a little bit. Mm. And I loved it. And I ended up uh, getting a book deal. It was really weird. It just sort of came back to me in a strange way. I had written a short story. Um, My son would not nap in the crib. I would drive around and park for two hours. I had a yellow pad. I wrote a short story I really liked. I sent it to some people for feedback. And someone wrote back, we are looking for a book. Um, We want to write a young adult book about a cult. And we love your voice huh? <laughs> I had no idea they even hmm. had a, I didn't send it to someone thinking they had a, a the serious a child who people watches and <laughs> <laughs> takes in all kinds of ideas. That's fascinating. That sounds like it, it, it worked for you. It, <laughs> yeah. So um, it, writing came back to me in a surprising way. It was like, whoa. Isn't that something? That was my dream. And then my dream sort of um, fell into my lap. Isn't that something? So you might, yeah, I, you know, I often talk on this show about setting intentions and sometimes we set very conscious ones, which I think it's important to get to a place of setting them consciously, but then there are unconscious ones or ones you thought no one heard except, well, the universe. Yeah, yeah. And it's, they start to emerge for you. And I think they're powerful. I've set intentions with uh, my first book. I wanted, I set, you know, I wrote in like a piece of paper and I put in a box and I put it by my bed and it was about oh, being, being a bestseller yes. and yeah. and those didn't really come to fruition so yet I, yet that's a good point <laughs> hasn't yet um, but I love the idea that things are in our subconscious or we've just put them out there mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. so. and giving them permission to go for <laughs> that's what I do now I just say okay I give I give spirit and myself permission to allow this to go forward and then you just live, yeah. You live, and then you see and I how think it life unfolds. Can, yeah, I think life can bring some really cool opportunities when you're scratching and you're clawing, and something isn't quite working. Life can really show up for you. Yes, definitely. Like, wow, definitely. I, it yeah. doesn't even feel like effort. That just kind of came the back door, and thank you so Fell much. Fell in your lap. Yeah, yeah. while I was seemingly busy over here. While you're seemingly, yes, right. <laughs> I love that exactly. While I was busy over here. Yeah, exactly. What kind of what what would you say about your process? I'm now. I was thinking when I was when I was looking at at your work. Um, this is a great time for all the writers out here to have a writer talk about her, a successful writer talk about her process um, a little bit if you care sure. to share anything. Um, so it's interesting because um, both of my books, I was really fortunate. People sort of came to me because mm-hmm. they knew my voice. Mm-hmm. And so my process was, and it was like, okay, girl, you got one month to write an outline and six months to get this draft turned around. So my process you know, I just uh, start putting really horrible things on the page that, you know, I just, I just start going. Good point, going. though. Good, the good and the bad, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because if okay. um, you get 
if you get too scared and um, too timid about what you're putting on the page or trying to hit it out of the park, mm-hmm. for me, no way. I have to just put literally, sometimes I'll type, I am just typing words on the computer. <laughs> or Interesting. I am, yeah, like literally yeah. just get it out there. Um, so a really rough, rough draft is my jam. Is important. Yeah. Oh, okay. But so right you really now, appreciate that, the, r- the rough draft. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. um, no matter how, and even if you don't think you're doing a rough draft, an editor or for, is going to come back to you and change everything anyway. So. <laughs> so. But uh, I have to say right now I'm writing a book on my own. I don't have people waiting for it. And it's harder. It's harder for me to, but I'm doing it. It's my growth spot, though. Just like sit oh. down and, and do this process <laughs> and have faith in the idea and... You know, Let it without unfold. a deadline. Let it unfold. Without a deadline. Oh. That's just deadline. Oh, goodness. Nothing pushing you. Yeah, okay. That's it's okay. really different for me. So I'm doing it, but it's definitely and slower. <laughs> <laughs> and you're enjoying it? Yeah, I am enjoying it, actually. It's much... Um, I like the structure of having people waiting for stuff and things like that. So it's a little loosey-goosey for me, but I'm doing it. I'm sort of enjoying it. It's sort of an anything can happen sort of feeling. I I think I like the other one better, but (laughs) I'm I'm getting through this. (laughs) We'll see. Oh, my goodness. There must be so much growth through it is what I'm thinking. Um, Because I I think just it, it sounds like every experience becomes a teaching moment for you oh, yeah. um and for writers in particular and and um and i'm wondering about the f- you know when you're kind of in your flow do you feel you're doing it alone or do you feel someone's over your shoulder or that um, um there's a collaboration of voices how does that well there's a work um, for you I mean, I do feel like something takes over when you're in your flow mm. which is so mm-hmm. beautiful and mm-hmm. it, it's you're sort of past the intellectual part of outlining Mm -hmm. and you don't really know what's going to happen but I have a real faith in that process something does definitely take over and I had it with painting too like I've said this before I would think so I think artists have that yeah you feel it like it comes over your body and I know I've said before if I'm crying when I'm writing a scene or Mm -hmm. if I'm absolute you know chills all over my body that comes out in the writing yes and I think there's something to that that is yeah probably more than just me sitting here or something sitting is, and you know. I would it's the closest I've come to the muse or mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's very real for sure oh, that's amazing yeah um do you do you believe in writer's block yeah yeah I think of it a little differently now um Anne Lamott oh, calls, I'd love to hear yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anne Lamott calls it being emptied hmm. instead of blocked and I, for me, that Way was better. Really, yeah, I could really relate to that because writers yeah. block. You're like, well, what do I do about that? That sounds very mysterious. And mm-hmm. I'll just sit here till I get unblocked. Right. And she says, and for me, I really relate to this. After writing two books, I was emptied. I was emptied of adjectives. I was emptied of inspiration. And she says, go to art museums or go in nature, whatever fills you back up. Live a life. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And that I makes really, sense. for me, that's. That's mm. that's how you deal with writer's block. I do want to go back to um, about growth process and learning with yes. writing. Someone said to me, when you finish a book, you realize everything you needed to write that book. And oh, if you had that at the beginning, you do. You learn so much when you write a book. Wow. You do. And at the end, you're like, oh, that's that was everything I needed for this book. And I think you just can't know that until you finish the project. So you kind of look back and you see the things that oh, yeah. happened and situations and maybe conversations. Choices you, hmm, choices you made. Yeah, all of it. Just comes, starts to 
apply itself to yeah, your Yeah, as you're writing your manuscript, um, and you're getting feedback from editors and all of that, you mm-hmm. start to say, oh, you know what, they should have gone there, it should have done that, or this isn't working, mm-hmm. and... Or, or I need to push myself to make these two characters sound different. They're sounding too much alike, all of it. And so when you're finally finished, it is so much work. But you're like, okay, now I know everything I had to do. You just oh don't gosh. know that when you start. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. A scientist I knew years ago, um, you know, I was wondering how he got, you know, some of his theories and so forth. Because there is a part, part of a creativity that goes with that. And he said, well, really, I just learned eventually that I'm working all the time when I'm, when I'm pouring so myself true. a glass of milk, when I'm, you know, walking out to get the mail. I'm just constantly working in my head. Would really you say, I bet when you're working mm-hmm. on a project, would you say that's the kind of thing that goes on. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I had a yoga teacher recently say, if you feel drawn towards something, just do it. Don't overthink it. And I feel like that's addressing what you're saying. I just went to New York. I don't totally know why I went. I had some meetings. But now that I'm back and processing it, things are starting to make sense. But I do. It is everything you do. You know, as a writer, you're going to use it. Yes. Yeah. And my first book, um, I used so I was practicing psychotherapy and Hmm. really learned how to write dialogue, I think, by listening and all those conversations and talk about using stuff that that whole education. I'm not working as a psychotherapist. I have a master's degree, but it informs yeah. my writing. Oh, I bet. And I didn't know yeah. it was going to do. I certainly wouldn't have paid that amount of money to inform my writing. But <laughs> <laughs> we're here. Gee, I think this will help me <laughs> in my writing craft right now. <laughs> well, I had wanted to ask, go back too, and ask about um, not just your psychotherapy, but the art therapy. Yes. So do you, so it sounds like you do paint or draw? What is, what is? I love to paint. I'm sort of, a, I'm terrible at drawing. I'm very creative and good with color and texture and horrible at making shapes look mm-hmm. like they should look. Everything I draw looks like it goes through a dreamscape. Ooh. And I have mm-hmm. finally sort of accepted that. symbolism? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Because I've met people who can draw perfectly, but they say they're not creative. And that's fascinating to me. That is fascinating because I think you have to consider yourself creative if you are painting or drawing yeah. or writing. Um, something creative is happening. Your imagination is coming into play. But these are people who can sort of look the graphic at something. Artists? Well, no, they can look at anything mm-hmm. and just copy it down. And that's what they say they're doing. And wow. for me to get something to look like that, forget it. It's not. That's not. Yeah, it's the not going to happen. Yeah. So, and, um, so, I art do paint. Ther- so art. Okay, wonderful. Um, why art therapy? And did you work as an art therapist? I did. That's um, when I was practicing. I always used art unless a client was completely against it. But everybody would sort of <laughs> say, oh, I, I can't do art. And I'd say, OK, we'll make something really awful looking ugly for me. And uh, whew, they would just be set free. And so I would use it a lot to Aww. scale things with people. Yeah. Like, tell me about anger. Is it this big or this big? And how would it look in stick figures? Like it wouldn't oh, be bigger than you. Or, great. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of um, color. And I just found it to be so much more effective than just talk therapy. Hmm. It was it was incredible. Mm-hmm. People can are used to talking about their problems. Yes. And so they right. sort of have a line right. about it. Yeah. I don't think oh, they mean to. That's true. Right. An angle. <laughs> yeah. Or you're just used yeah. to it. It's yeah. almost rehearsed. I don't think people try to do it that way. They just. No, they've just they've gone over it so much. So many times. Yeah. yeah. So two things yeah. in the therapy I practiced. One was getting it out in images which was totally different and moved things along healing or um, insight so much faster. Uh, what was I going to say? And um, 
Oh, I lost it. It'll come back. But that's what I was wondering about was what kind of insight. There must have been a lot of aha moments, what so I many, call aha moments. That so many aha moments. People were sort people. of shocked at what would come what out on came the page. Out? And, it, and again, it didn't have to be fine art. It would just mm-hmm. be sort of visually representing. Oh, I know what I sure. was going to say. I would also work with exceptions to their problems. So they know a lot about their problems. I was mm-hmm. interested in, okay, so when the problem isn't there, let's really examine that. So that that's when it isn't there. When it isn't there, an okay. exception to the rule. Okay. And I would okay. catch that. So that and drawing, it would just move the process along. Oh my god. Where I think in a so. lot of therapy people just talk about their problems. I had an amazing mentor, right. David Marston, who's in LA, amazing and um, hmm. did narrative therapy and the narrative therapy, which is a lot about personifying your problems hmm. mixed with the art was fantastic. All right. All so. right. How do you um do you, do you have them just to, just briefly the process? Do you, would you have them draw something on a theme, or just let them it say would, now is a here is a good time to now draw and let out whatever you want to let out? More of that. So we'd be having a conversation. Okay. You might come in and say, um, I was, "It's just absolutely." Um, we'll use anger. Okay. I just yeah. you know I went to see my mother the other day and and she started talking about something and I just felt rage Mm -hmm. and I said okay well wait let's stop for a minute how would you feel about drawing that rage and then we could talk about and well vulnerable is what I would be feeling oh really (laughs) just just hearing that I would be I would be and I had a great relationship with my mother but um my first thought and because I'm not an artist I can hear all the criticism I can hear Oh my gosh, you want me to draw something? I'm not even sure how that would look. And I would and, address that. Uh, yeah. So I would say, okay, uh-huh. well, here's um, here's some pastels. And would right. anger be, would it be red? Or would it be a light pink? Or would okay. it be a light blue? Let's start with that. Okay. Would it be a little ball? Or would it be a big dip? Would it have spikes? Mm-hmm. Things like that. So oh, that, very that would sort of take you so through it, it. Okay, so the person can start. To and it. when you left, or when you, you know, later when your mom served lunch or and had your favorite cake or whatever what did the anger get a little smaller or did it get bigger <laughs> things like that what feeds it what oh and usually that would become a character in our yeah. therapy let's keep anger around we have the symbol and use now. it yeah and talk about what makes it grow what feeds it what makes it shrink and this really works this is the narrative therapy and then i'm i was you know visualizing it um yeah. we would really examine that when is it not around and mm-hmm. when people have mm-hmm. that, now we've got this black spiky cloud floating around. It's, it's made with really dark pastel. A client might say, so today I have the black spiky cloud with me, yeah. and it stands for this now, rather than maybe what they first... Well, usually um, it was pretty consistent, okay. and, but it would be sort of like, I think pro- people's problems are sort of consistent, and we okay. can get like a little cast of characters or symbols. Symbols, And yeah, they're probably yeah. going to be what we carry with us. Um, and, and I was oh, trained that a lot of people don't transcend their problems. They either, they turn the volume, it's volumes up and problems are very <laughs> present right now, the black spiky cloud mm-hmm. or the volumes down and okay. a uh, raindrop. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Oh, and I actually, right. um, my, my supervisor and I didn't totally agree on this. I think people can transcend problems, but we're different I that way. My, we can that well, that's right in there with that question from psychology as to whether you, at it, at some point in your life, do you ever really change your personality? Right. Um, and I I don't. Hmm. My feeling is 
that I've seen people and from my, in my own experience, I have let things go. I'm fi- I finally reach something that is ultimately correct for me. Right. I can see that there's, I can see the whole gamut that I went. Talk about <laughs> your, yeah. your stories. But if your goal is not just to repeat your story over and over and over again, um, my, my point of view is that you're learning to become, to evolve and be done with past pain and move on beyond it. And you, it, it turns into something else and it kind of turns into tools that you can use. And I feel I've seen that, um, certainly seen it for myself. And so you do, you do drop I agree. And I loved that opening quote about the light and the dark and everything we go through. And for me, that really describes it. Uh, How do you, yeah, you're sort of going to traverse these things and explore them and and get stuck in these dark forests sometimes and then come out. (laughs) But it's part of your history. And Yes, very much so. Let's talk about the, your novel, Tarot. Okay. Um, What do you want to say about it? What would you like to say about that? Would you like to tell the story briefly? Yeah, so it's um, sort of a reimagining of how the tarot deck came to be. And in this Mm -hmm. story, it's it's a fairy tale. And a 16-year-old girl has woven these tapestries. And she has to sort of cut them up. She's on the run. And they become Mm -hmm. her tarot deck. And I was really interested in showing teens how to use spirituality in their lives without hitting them over the head with it. So she's constantly Mm. weaving new cards through her experiences. Mm -hmm. And then she sort of sits with it. And then she starts to have this deck that were these Mm -hmm. tapestries because her tapestries were of the the cups, swords. The character's name is Anna? Anna. Is that right? And Anna certainly is living light, dark. For sure. Difficulty to... She's, Joy. She's running from the Hierophant King. Do you mm-hmm. say Hierophant or Hierophant? Hier- I say Hierophant. And I think that's correct. I think but, in my head while I was writing it, I was pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and she's uh, locked I've in been the there tower, with words, sure. right? Yeah. She's locked in the tower and her advisors are the magician, the hermit, the fool. She eventually goes to cups. The magician, the hermit, and the fool. Those are her advisors. All right. Um, so yeah, she's constantly going through sort of shadow and light mm-hmm. and parts of her identity. So that's, uh, it, it was a really fun way to introduce tarot to different people. And without, oh if, if people yeah. don't know anything about tarot, I think it's going to plant seeds. They will read this book and then walk around like, oh, I didn't know that was. I wonder if that's a magician condition or. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true, right? That is a magician condition. I love that. I do, <laughs> I do when I'm, I'm working with people, I'll say, I'll say something like, that's a world world position or world or the um or um the moon phase you're in that you're in that place with the moon charting a new course um and i'll describe if i'm not doing a tarot reading i might be describing a card or two that um that symbolically helps people see but that's one of the things i love about the tarot anyway is the is that feeling that um when you lay out a reading for someone, they go, what's that card? They hone in on the one that makes the most sense to them or is meaningful to them in that moment. I love that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But um, you're, yeah, I was looking, I was identifying with Anna. um, And I love how she's going into world. She goes into the cups world. I don't want to give anything away. I'm not, I think, but yeah. she goes into the different. In this one, in this book, she just goes into cups. Okay. She oh. um, mm-hmm. she sort of lays a spread. She's 
um, being pursued in the forest. And yes. she just sort of throws her cards down, cards down. Normally she thinks that her loom, she says, but this, this will have to do. So she's got these torn pieces of her tapestries. She throws them down just to think. So that's the first mm-hmm. you know, spread. Mm-hmm. And she's basically thrown cups. And, I see. And then so a bridge sort of appears. She doesn't know why this is <laughs> happening or she just oh there's a bridge I didn't notice that before she doesn't have her power she doesn't yet. have her power She's yet discovering herself exactly okay. and All she right. doesn't really discover that through the book she discovers her powers and where she mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. how okay. it relates right. to her and All right so yeah. a little bit of a mystery nice yeah oh oh I'm I yeah I'm I'm hoping people will look for this book um, we'll we'll hold it up toward the end for sure it's a lot of fun um, it's a lot of things it's it's easy fantasy. It's not yeah. so much world building. If you don't like fantasy normally, I've heard from people, it's not so much world building that it's kind of a turn off and there's a romance in it and it's just a lot of fun. I that's what I felt. Some fantasy there's just they're so packed. It's like Me too. you better not put it down or you won't remember yeah. where you are right. in it. But this is why a YA novel is, is really exciting. And I think adults should read YA novels, by the way. Tell <laughs> me about the, that. The, oh, I think um uh, the story, just the 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 through lines. The storylines yeah. are a little um it's funny. I think that when you are reading something that is for children or for teenagers, the complexity comes from the reader. Yes. And you will make it more complex as an adult. Um, and, uh, and teenagers have different perspectives, which I think are really fascinating anyway. I think teenagers are fascinating because they're yeah. just in that process of becoming and they're not afraid to be in the process yeah. of blossoming or opening um so that a lot of the stories go with that and so it's, i think, I think it's good um, for adults to go back and because um, you're going back to such a powerful time period of life. time yeah. and most of these i mean a lot of most i guess what most why is written by adults who are going back to that time in their life that was so powerful hmm. and poignant and so writing true. from that place so right true. so yeah. usually it it is pretty powerful stuff what's the next work you're I'm working on um, a story. It's kind of autobiographical. It takes place at a public high school in Santa Monica. And I'm interested in how public school can cover so many demographics. Back when I was in high school, there was no Malibu High. So we had these really, really wealthy people driving down PCH from mansions. We had people living in, you know, little apartments down south side Santa Monica Mm -hmm. and everything in between. But there's five girls and various things happen and they become witches. Oh, so that is so I, I don't okay. again, I never like to hit anyone over the head. This so audience gonna, will be looking for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Working title, Exciting. The Witches of Malibu. I'm very excited oh about my. it. It's really fun. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll just keep keep making that space to write then. There yes. we go. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up some of the topics you and I um, had had shared um but mainly it's getting to some things that you had talked about. Um, you were talking about transparency and social media. Mm-hmm. What what so kind of thing? I actually just uh, was listening to Stephanie Garber on Sarah Ennie's podcast. Stephanie is okay. the writer of Caraval, that series. Oh, all right. She just yeah. came out with the last one, which is a really, really finale, really fun series. And I was listening to this podcast. She's so open about her process 
you see these people on social media and you think, well, gosh, there's her series just hit the New York yes. Times. Everything yes. must be perfect. Everything was probably <laughs> perfect from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> They're and just folding it out. Yeah, That's they what. are. Exactly. Just lay, just walking their little path. Um, and she talked about uh, her, her struggles and going through a time of depression and hmm. all kinds of interesting things. Mm. And I was fascinated. And I thought, just gosh, good for her for sharing this. She certainly makes me feel more human. And I'm not great at that. I'm not... Are you comfortable on Instagram? Then? I'm comfortable in showing sort of my garden and what I ate for <laughs> lunch and my trip to New York. Yeah, that's okay. I'm yeah. not filming when, you know, I'm losing my patience with my kid or, you know, oh, whatever. Yeah. I know. No one does. But yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like right now, the, there's a lot of dishes in the sink. I'm not. And nobody right. really does. Yeah. But when people do, I actually really like it. But there's some feeling that there are people that just are. They're they're having an easier time with. Like, yeah. Here's a picture of this, and then they kind of go from come from a depth of themselves, and I'm like, gee, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> I know. I mean, I keep it pretty sort of professional for the book. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then also, I, on the flip side, I don't. I'm not comfortable with a feeling of sort of bragging. I don't and I don't know if that's appropriate, but sometimes if I am with my kid and mm-hmm. we're in the most amazing place, or with my husband on this date, I tend mm-hmm. not to start photographing everything because somebody's at work and they're, they don't want to be there. Yeah. They don't want to see this right <laughs> like, now. So why I, do they want to see this? Yeah, okay. I'm a little sensitive oh, to that's that too. interesting. Yeah, I just, it, it does, it, it feels Right down like the middle, I think. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather be going back and forth with, that's, Twitter is one I kind of like because then you can establish a bit of a rapport sometimes with someone that you're talking to. Which is so And neat. is, yeah, that's my preference. The connection and, on Instagram, yeah. um, especially the book community has been amazing mm-hmm. to me. Um, oh, in what way? Just I'll make a comment to someone and, and they write back. Or someone I really oh, admire. That's great. And uh, even Sarah Jessica Parker, who I love, I co- made some comment and she wrote back right away on the comments. And I was like, oh, SJP. That's one of <laughs> <laughs> But I really, I've met a lot oh of authors and a lot of Yay. book lovers through Instagram. And it's just such a lovely community. Oh, so. it's an Instagram support group in some way. It is. <laughs> it really is. Like the book, the book community is amazing on Instagram. Oh, it's incredible. So. Um, what do you think of writers' groups? As a matter of fact, do you have you ever been in one? They sound you, amazing. Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> I've never been in a writers' group. In a writers' um, group. Okay. I guess you could you. start one specifically on. Yeah, wine. <laughs> I probably could. Um, I have. I've. I've always been sort of on my own with writing, mm-hmm. and then mm. the last couple of years, I've, I've sort of met people through my other publisher, and then I started. Now I'm more people with Penguin Teen, and so I'm starting to have a community, and it's amazing. I have two friends who I send my drafts to, and those are my. I'll send them anything. Oh, I can great. be so vulnerable with them. Right. Um, right. They're fabulous writers in their own right. But um, yeah, I've, I've in the past was very isolated and I'm reaching out more and I think the community is amazing and it can be online. A writer's group would probably be wonderful for me. I haven't done it yet, <laughs> but you know, it'll happen. <laughs> that's okay. That's worth talking about too. Um, you, you talked about at some point feeling very isolated. Um, I wondered if that was the desire though to be isolated and then at some point you talked about reaching out more to community definitely um what what how did that transpire you know being a little bit different as a kid Mm -hmm. and a teenager i've always had a really close set of friends Mm -hmm. but i tended towards kind of 
I don't know. It's you know, it's it's the dark and the light side of there being alone. <laughs> sometimes cruising the light and the shadow. It is, and I yes. think um, yeah. looking yeah. back on it, sometimes I did isolate myself because that was really comfortable in what I could. I'm, I'm a very outgoing introvert. <laughs> I agree. You know, um, I always have to go back and recharge by myself. But now, for some reason, I'm just a little more sort of settled in my life, and mm-hmm. I can. I'm more of a joiner. I was not a joiner. I join mm. anything. You know, I just. I will. Mm-hmm go out more with groups of people and be a little bit more comfortable now. Mm-hmm. Um, I could join a writer's group or a book club before. I just didn't have an Weren't interest. Sure that's something you wanted to do. Yeah, before I, yeah, I just really liked sort of being on my own, being with my close people and my family. I'm more open now, mm-hmm. just as I get a little older. You talked a little bit about um, attending festivals or feeling uncomfortable or shut down about attending festivals Um that you weren't particularly invited to yes. participate in. My first book, if I wasn't invited to a local festival, I just wanted nothing to do with it. I don't know if my <laughs> ego was hurt or I, d- I didn't see um, how fruitful it would be to go. Where now I've been invited to some festivals and participated as a panelist. Sure. Dream come true. Fabulous. Oh, but I've also yeah. just gone and attended. It's so fun. And it's fun. It's yeah, then the pressure's off, oh, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> you just get to go and enjoy. And I look back at myself like, oh. I can understand it, why I felt very rejected yeah. before. Yeah. I had these high expectations. Maybe and didn't know any, as many people I didn't. To that's begin so true. With, and I, I didn't realize too, that's know? how you build your community. You go to these things and you go to workshops and all kinds of things I just never did. Oh, so You yeah. have like your own, bo- boy, I haven't been in a long time myself. <laughs> but um, for writers, do you like have your own booth or does your well, um, publisher have a place for you to set up your books and I just went sign? To, and if you, um, yeah, if you're participating or if they've asked you to come sign, they Penguin has a gorgeous booth at the, the LA Times Festival of Books. So, oh, I mean, yes. it was just so fun. You go to them and you sign yes. your books and then you go on a panel. But I went to Y'all West, which took place at my old high school, Santa Monica High. Uh-huh. And I didn't expect this. I got there. And, of course, Penguin Teen had a booth. And they were like, this is your home for the day if you want to come back. And they handed me a bunch of samplers of my books. And we're so happy you're here. Great. I mean, what a validation of sort of reaching outside of my comfort zone a little bit. How, this is what you want from your publisher. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> Penguin Teen and Razor Bill are oh, amazing. Oh, these are, okay, <laughs> okay so, so you've heard it here. These are favorites for why. Yeah, okay. Lovely. <laughs> um, what? Let's see. You you mentioned someone, and I don't know if that's who you wanted. Who did you want to talk about? I see that you were talking about taking a writing course. Right. Um, even now, because I I agree. No matter what you do. You still probably need to go back. I don't care what a, what professional you are. You must probably go back and yep. study with someone, gain a different perspective. Again, after my first novel, I remember my stepmom saying, so what do you want to do to further your education as a writer? Mm. And I was like, nothing. I just wrote a book. Excuse me. Clearly, I have it going on. <laughs> but I think it's part of what Anne Lamott says about filling back up. So the yes. first thing I did was Anne Lamott, by the way, just to just yeah. to bring her just for Let's. a moment. Lots of Anne Lamott is a, an incredible um, writer of books for writers yes. and workshops, um, and I think of her as a spiritual teacher. Oh, she is. She's a spiritual so. writing teacher. Yeah. It's incredible. I went back to Bird by Bird when I was yes. like, "What am I doing?" Yes, I read um, her years and years ago. So that was part of my journey of let's fill back up and then I signed up for Sarah Selecki she does an online writing course oh. she has a school actually an online writing school and you know I, I definitely find 
you know, you were saying about the scientist and you're working all the time. I take these, I've taken that course. I do other, I've been reading craft books. This is all very mm-hmm. new for me. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it's not like a one-to-one, like, okay, I do the lesson. I'm working on my ma- manuscript, which feels very separate from the education. Right. But it, I think it backdoors it and it feeds it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And just one last thing I yeah. wanted to ask you. Do you have um, anything you'd say, any advice for beginning writers or those who are trying to go from go into professional writing i think that would be my question what do you want to do with your writing because um and i'm gonna a lot of people say this publishing and writing are so different that's a different thing they're so different Mm. so Mm. do you want to be published and if so why i think it's just something to think about is it because you want everyone to hear what you have to say (laughs) or you want to make money Mm -hmm. or whatever it is because I just feel like they're two separate things. So just to know that and um, try to keep your writing process a bit as separate from that as you can, because that'll keep it sort of free. I because think w- writing is the life, isn't it? That's yeah, and the process. And when yeah. you think of someone over your shoulder, will they like this? Will it sell? It can really block you. Mm. So, And I'm saying that to myself as well. I have to constantly remind myself that, like to have that freedom. I have a reason for writing for myself rather than yeah. I'm writing to publish. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah and um, just because it, you just block that freedom and you need that freedom to mm. write. Mm. So if you feel kind of, I would say to aspiring writers, mm. get your best stuff out and then sort of worrying about the, the process of selling it. Later, later. on, afterwards. Wonderful. And then I really think self-publishing is also, if, if you can't go the traditional way, it's amazing. These opportunities that we didn't have, you know, when I, when I was little. So you like it. it. Okay. Some people have said things against it, disparaging think, things, and then others have said they like it. I, I think that, um, I think self-publishing is a really valid, fantastic way to go. Traditional publishing is a little, well, it's not easier. <laughs> if you get to that point, it's, it feels great. And I was saying that there's a, a stigma against self-publishing, I think. All right. Yes. But that's something I yeah. think it's, it's just ego stuff, and we have to push it aside because there are a lot of self-published authors who are making a lot of money, and they're really successful. Who are really great writers. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, sure. now yeah. I mean, maybe there was a time when they it was like, well, I can't get my book published, right. so I'm going to self-publish it. But that's not true now. Yeah. It's changing. And people probably right? do it for different reasons. So, yeah, I think... Yeah. There's going to be um, crap that's traditionally published by big right. houses, and there's going to be crap that's self-published, <laughs> and there's going to be gold in both of those in places. In both places. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It feels good to have a big publisher. My first book was a small publisher. No one had heard of it. It was digital. And I was excited about that, and that's where I was. Mm-hmm. This this has been really fun. I'm in Barnes & Noble now. <laughs> Tarot is in, oh, good. Tarot is in <laughs> Barnes & Noble. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. It feels good, but I don't think that should stop people. And it wouldn't, I don't okay. think it would stop me. My first book of short stories is self-published. Yeah. So. Thank you. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Thank you. Thank you very much for this discussion. This is exciting. Thank you for Now, may me. I do a tarot reading Please. for you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take a moment and shuffle the cards. If you want to set an intention in your mind, that's fine. You don't have, or you, if you want to share it. <laughs> Well, That's I was thinking um, last time you did a reading for me, there was this opportunity coming, and I'm just curious about that. Oh, you just want to see opportunities. I've been waiting for it. Okay. <laughs> let's ask that. I usually just draw one card. So right, let's right, right. see. Occasionally, 
I get asked. <laughs> they and you ask, know what else? To me, they Whatever ask. happens. Okay, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I have um, shuffled the cards and cut them. Um, would you please just feel along wherever it feels right, draw out a card. Oh, that one. Right. Ah, six of wands. Well, <laughs> um, you're being told victory. Ooh. So you're talking, you were, your, your question was about opportunities. Um, this, the story of the Six of Wands is very much, he's on the, the, the person riding, so he, she, on horseback, but they've come from war, basically, or a process, okay. or um, a series of actions, and now it's culminated in success, is what it's saying. It's interesting to me, you're asking about other possibilities. This card would say... Um, enjoy the success right now. Uh, and I understand this also intuitively. So it's it's not only appreciate the success, enjoy where you are. Um, there's more to come also, certainly when a wow. card like this comes out. But from this perspective of having been successful, the new opportunities will make sense to you, Okay, will arise for you. Um, do you have a particular question, though, about the opportunity like is are, is there something you need to do or see is that a possible question well you have? if there's something i need to do or see i'd love to know i'd like to know <laughs> yeah i'd like to know that um actually here i won't do it go ahead choose yes okay. <laughs> i was saying i'm not going to choose it please choose for for yourself all right um oh interesting knight of swords um yeah one more time you're being told don't rush things okay you're actually being told just be where you are, watch this success culminate and put itself into perspective, uh, lay itself out for you. I want to say I feel like we're talking about tarot. It feels like that to it's me too. It's just growing and growing and growing. It, it's maybe subtle right now, but it's there's um, a voice for this book is what it feels like. So you're going to be working with that more and more. But then you're being so you're being told don't miss the opportunities that are already right here. Love it. Um, the Knight of Swords. So I did draw this second card, or rather, I'm sorry, Marissa drew the second card that says you could rush too fast and miss something. Um, it's funny. I'm hearing journal right now for yourself journal what's going on for you in the process you're in right now which will give you more insight okay. into the opportunities coming forward it'll tell you what you want and where you want to go from here okay i love it okay? thank you it's a beautiful reading i really appreciate um <laughs> thank you spirit i appreciate yes. the messages that came through with that as well yes yes um, do you want to share your contact information or anything coming up? Sure. Um, I'm really at the end of my promo tour, so okay. I don't have events to share. But um, you can visit me at mkennerson.net. Yay. Okay. And please All do. Right. And I love to hear from people. And, Wonderful. You know. Yeah. So your information will be up also on um, the um, Cruising in the Light and Shadow website okay. as Fantastic. well. So perfect. They can check in and see. I love to hear from readers, too. Oh, yeah. great. Wonderful. Okay. Um, and would you be willing to sh share a quote here at the end of our yeah, episode? Absolutely. Um, okay. 
I, I feel like this is a little bit of a jump, but I, it's what I was thinking about. Oh. It's the idea of how you build confidence. And I, I think about this being a mother. No, we all need that. So that's right? why. That's yeah, so I'm why raising a perfect. child and just in my, um, in my own life, how do you build confidence? Yeah. And I used to think of the expression, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And this high performance psychology, psychologist, Michael Gervais, he says, that's no good. We don't want to fake it. And the way we get confidence is trust in self. And he, um, so he says to really stretch yourself to do things you're really afraid to do, mm-hmm. and then go back and process it. And for mm-hmm. children, it's process it with your family. For us, it might be journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that's how you build trust in self, and that's how you build confidence, mm-hmm. and I love that. But, and and I, I'm doing it all the time, like going to New York. I hadn't been there for 14 years. I was a little nervous, but I, was, right. I just thought of this quote, stretch right. yourself. Yes. And now I'm back, <laughs> and everything get great, and, and went great, and I think it does. It really builds confidence. And oh I'm doing this gosh. all the time. I've had a lot yeah. of speaking engagements and things that were new. And I said, just push yourself to that edge. And you just went ahead and... Yeah, and then you process it. And it, it's amazing. Today when I came, I didn't have the nerves because I was like, I've been doing this. You do. You start to trust You're yourself. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Yeah. yeah. It's the fool card. It's the leap of faith. And sometimes um, <laughs> I, I need to read more about your your fool. But to me, mm-hmm. I always call it a calculated leap anyway. Yes, yes. And um, you are learning as you go. There there can be many leap, little leaps of faith I as agree. you go along. And it's a safe so stretch. You're not yeah. stretching yourself to yeah. the edge. Of, I'm not jumping out of planes or yeah. anything like that. These exactly. are very sort of safe things to do. <laughs> exactly. but, but they might make me feel anxious or nervous. Right. And, and I just find it really works. Oh, beautiful. All right. Thank you again. Thank you so really much for having it. me. Um, for our YouTube people, I'm holding up the book, um, and it's called Tarot, and this is Marissa Kennerson. Oh, and Thank let me give again. a little plug for Ooh, um, yes. Danielle Knoll of Starchild Tarot. She designs these gorgeous tarot decks, and she designed the cover, and it's her moon card. So I just, I, she's a lovely person. Oh, Do you know her She decks? has her own deck? No, I don't know Several that Several decks. She's There's really so neat. many. Okay. Yeah. Well, it may, I may even have some, and you I might, just didn't yeah. know that that's who I've, who I've got. Yeah. Um, again, thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to Paul Preston, um, our podcast technician, <laughs> um, Kevin McLeod for the music, Allison Werner as my social media consultant and friend. (laughs) And listeners, keep cruising in your light and shadows. Join me in two weeks. Om Shanti. Shanti.